Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. How is everybody doing? Valley sports fans, we got some things to talk about today. Namely, pitchers and catchers are reporting today. Bigger bases in Major League Baseball. They look like pizza boxes. Oh, how do you feel about pizza, Jared? Oh, my God. (laughs) You don't have any, do you? No, you (laughs) son of a gun, you. Doesn't it feel like it rains the day's pitchers and catchers report every single year i i I think what's happened is i think our weather's kind of got dicey the last few years and i and i think there's been more and more disruptions of the cactus league than than there's ever been in the past well it's starting a little earlier this year too i think because of uh the world baseball classic mixed into the middle of spring training but yeah it's here it's here. Yeah. Pitchers and catchers. There was a time when, when sports media would actually spend time today waxing poetic about the sociology of pitchers and catchers reporting. How this is sort of, you know, new hope. Well, it used to be a thing, too, because the day before pitchers and catchers reported, before everybody was making $98 million a year, it was significant because the day before they reported was their last they day were, on their off-season job. They were delivering mattresses. <laughs> right. Selling insurance that's, or cars. That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> I'll what they were doing. I'll get that Tempur-Pedic to you, but then i got to head to Florida. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly what they were doing. I'm guessing most of the pitchers and catchers for the Diamondbacks have been working out for quite some time at the facility. Yes, right. It, it's not like, you know, you know, suddenly there's a big long line waiting outside to get in. Yeah. You know? <laughs> let's get to work. Hey, let's go. We're here. All right. So good. So we've got that. Actually, we've got a much bigger fish to fry. Oh, my goodness. Start the show, Jarrett. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. All right. Speaking about having much bigger fish to fry, Jarrett, what do you think of fried fish? I was going to say the same exact thing. (laughs) What do you think of fried fish, Jarrett? Just the regular, like, sort of fish and chips fried fish. Okay, but nothing doesn't do a lot for me. I like it, but it's not great. But like fried shrimp or something, fried clams. Yeah. Sweet, sassy, molassy. <laughs> Why do you guys start so early in the show with this stuff? Now I'm going to be hungry for four hours. And then if I try to eat something during the show. I will be afraid to, yes. yes. Oh, it's all part of the it's, it's all part of the game, Jared. Uh, it's how we amuse ourselves in the morning. Hey, did you guys hear? The Cardinals huh? have a head coach. 
Huh? Philadelphia. What, what, what? what? The Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, who gets a five-year contract to take over for Cliff Kingsbury after a 4-13 and season. Gannon helped the Eagles to the NFC Championship in their fourth Super Bowl appearance where they fell to the Chiefs 38-35 Sunday night in Glendale. He's 40 years old. He's a native of Cleveland. He likes long walks on the beach and uh-huh. puppies. He thinks uh, strikeouts are fascist. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he does. I wish I knew that speech better. I would have continued on that. Uh, he's got 15 years of coaching experience in the NFL starting in 2007 with the Atlanta Falcons. He's been the coordinator in Philly the last two seasons, and the Eagles had the number two overall defense in the league in 2022. He becomes the 11th full-time head coach for the Cardinals since they moved to Arizona from St. Louis in 1988 and will be formally introduced at a press conference in Tempe tomorrow. Tomorrow's press conference day. Yeah, I know. how about it, yeah. right? Um, yeah, we're going to get into detail on this. I'm, I'm flooded with images and thoughts about this new hire, uh, Jonathan Gannon. Theoretic- Jonathan Boom Boom Gannon. I Theoretically, think this, is- this is everything I wanted the Cardinals to avoid uh, individually. We're going to find out how it works out. Hopefully the Cardinals got lucky. Let's just leave it at that for now. Hours before the Cardinals tabbed Gannon, the Indianapolis Colts hired the Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen to be their new head coach. He's 37. He spent the last two seasons as Philly's OC, following two years in the same position with the Chargers. So that means the 2023 NFL coach hiring cycle is now complete. All five teams who are looking for head coaches now have them. Uh, Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, two-time defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, elevating back up to the NFL. He will become the OC under John Harbaugh with the Baltimore Ravens. As expected, the Raiders released Derek Carr after nine seasons as their starting quarterback, and they did it yesterday before $40 million of his guaranteed uh, salary kicked in for 2023. In his Raiders career, Carr was remarkably durable. He missed only four starts and only two due to injury. His 35,222 yards and 217 touchdown passes, both franchise records. The Titans, Jets, Saints, Colts, and Commanders could all be interested in the 31-year-old. Yeah, and I think even more than that, I think Wolf was right on the money when he said there are teams that you don't even think need a quarterback that might be interested in a guy like Derek Carr. And he's right about that. Like the Arizona Cardinals, I, I, the 49ers? I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just yeah. I'm thinking just you know out of the box here. But there's a lot of people who look at Derek Carr as sort of a Jalen Hurts guy. Give him the right situation, he's going to be an impact quarterback. I don't know. He he makes a lot of mistakes for me, but for my money. Yeah. But uh, another win for the Suns. They down the Sacramento Kings one twenty to one oh nine at Footprint Center. The Big Four not operational yet with Kevin Durant still working his way back from a knee injury. But man, did Devin oh. Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Chris Paul dominate the proceedings last night? I, I think I think Kevin Durant is having a direct impact on everything we're watching. I'm not joking. Yeah. Even though he's not playing, I think his presence it has changed oh. everything. More on that coming up at seven o'clock. Oh. Uh, Booker scored an efficient <laughs> 32 points while on a minutes restriction. Ayton had 29 and 11. Chris Paul scored 17 and dished out a season high 19 assists. The Suns pushed their record to nine and zero against Pacific Division teams this season. They are now 32 and 27, fourth in the West, just a game behind the Kings. Final game before the All Star break tomorrow night at Footprint Center against the Clippers, who are a half game behind the Suns, and that'll be just hours after Kevin Durant will be introduced at a as a member of the team at a press conference at two o'clock.
The game of the night in the NBA on paper turned into the game of the night in reality, even though some key figures were missing. The uh, Bucks topped the Celtics 131-125 in overtime in Milwaukee. Drew Holiday scored 40. Giannis pumped in 36 for the Bucks, who won their 11th straight. Must be noted that Boston was playing without Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Still took the Bucks to the limit. Uh, Boston's lead for the number one seed in the East now down to a half game over Milwaukee. Mm. Drew Holiday, 40 points. Yeah. He's been... And- Phenomenal yeah. this year, and he's, he's a clutch shooter. He's he's their yes. guy, yeah, and a clutch defensive player too. Yeah, well, we've seen that. Yep. That uh, speaking of all of the uh, All Star Weekend, which is coming up, uh, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum highlighting the participants in the three point contest, joining Kevin Herter, Tyler Hero, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald. Uh, there was a push, I guess, to have only players whose last names begin with the letter H. That's funny. But then they got Anthony Simons and Larry Markinen as well. Where's the game? By the uh, way, Salt Lake City. That's right. Okay. In the dunk contest, you want to talk about a contest just dripping with star power. Uh-oh. Jericho Sims, Trey Murphy, K.J. Martin, and Mac McClung, who hasn't played a minute of NBA basketball this season. The Philadelphia 76ers pan- plan on signing McClung to a two-way contract. That's pathetic. They can't even find four pathetic. NBA players to do this thing in, anymore. In, in an era when high-flying, swooping dunks are more breathtaking than ever they can't find, yeah. uh, that's a joke. And it'll be judged by one of, one of the judges, Carl Malone. And there's mm. a lot of heat going on about that. Too. Oh, okay. Because yeah. he was known for dunks, right? Did he ever dunk in his life? He's the biggest star associated with the contest, but he's got a lot of stuff associated with uh, it. Well, that is true. Uh, New Mexico State, which has suspended men's basketball operations for the remainder of the season, has also fired head coach Greg Heyer in the wake of hazing claims that were brought to light uh, last week. That story continues to be uh, very disturbing. A very wrong. Uh, the Coyotes back at home tonight. They host the Tampa Bay Lightning at Mullet Arena. In a game that faces off at uh, 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 on the Arizona Sports app at 98.7. And yes, baseball season takes another big step closer to its start today. Pitchers and catchers, the official reporting date for the D-backs out at Salt River Fields. The D-backs kick off their Cactus League schedule a week from Saturday, the 25th, by splitting their squad for a game against the Rockies at Salt River Fields and a road game against the Oakland A's at Hohokam Park. I'm glad baseball is back. And... You said something yesterday about being in tune with falling in love all over again with baseball. That's my goal this year. Yes. yes. I kind of feel that same you do. same way, yeah. It's easier you want to a do. Double date? <laughs> Where we go? What should I wear? Where should I wear? Uh, it, it's easier to do that when you have a team that you're genuinely excited totally about you in your have backyard. A conduit. Yes, yes, I totally yes. agree with and you. And this Diamondbacks team appears to be the conduit. I hope. I to hope. the rekindling of a I, flame. I'm, listen, I'm I'm really hoping to to kind of kind of touch get back in touch with that. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm excited. Good. There you go. There is your splash for Wednesday, February 15th. Coming up next, yes, it took a long time, but the Cardinals finally got their man. Jonathan Gannon is their new head coach. We'll dive into it next. It's Bickley Murata mornings on this Wednesday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
Jonathan Gannon was the, the coach that the Arizona Cardinals were waiting on for weeks and weeks, wanted to get to, chance to talk to him before they made any head coaching hire, despite the fact that they did two second interviews last week. Nothing was finalized. They wanted to talk to him, and there's a very good reason. He's been a strong candidate, I think, for some time here. They interviewed him yesterday, had him stay the night. He has been meeting as we speak with owner Michael Bidwell. His flight to Philadelphia has not yet left. He's going to go home, get his family, thought was to take part in the parade. We'll see if all that happens now because he is expected to be the new head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. Deal is not done, but it is expected to get done. I know there's some, some finer details and some important things that Gannon specifically was going over with Michael Bidwell, but the expectation is he will end up as the Arizona Cardinals head coach. And right, the Eagles lose both coordinators, uh, which, you know, for a team that has been really, really good is a tough blow, but I imagine they have a strong enough program. See in Rappaport, and again, uh, that's already a little bit dated. The deal is done. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Gannon is the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. The press release went out yesterday, and you know it's official when this happens on Cardinals Twitter. What's up, Bird Gang? Jonathan Gannon, your new head coach, Arizona Cardinals. Ready to get to work. Buckle up. We're going to have some fun. See you soon. Yeah, just uh, two days after losing the Super Bowl, Gannon is named the head coach after I think it was finally 37 days yep. to cap this this coaching search, which had a lot of twists, a lot of turns, weird timing, obviously a Super Bowl thrown into the middle of it in, in your own backyard. They get their guy, and look, am I excited or discouraged by this hire? I'm right in the middle of it right now mm-hmm. because you hinted at something, and I think we've had similar thought process, processes throughout this whole thing, Bick, and that is you're coming off the Cliff Kingsbury experiment, and it was just that. It was an experiment. It looked like it was going to work at a certain time until it stopped working, and it stopped working real hard, mm-hmm. and you had to make a drastic about-face uh, but they're getting an an inexperienced coordinator, just two years on the job, a guy with yeah. no head coaching experience, and a guy who comes in with a defensive background. I'm not saying these are bad things, but certainly didn't check the boxes no. we were hoping to get Listen, checked. Listen, no, this is, and again, I'll, I'll frame it by this, because we're we're not here to rain on anybody's parade, no. and 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 clearly Jonathan Gannon deserves a chance to, to prove his capabilities. We were not involved in the leadership and in the interviewing process, and neither were any of our listeners, and so as a result, you have to trust a little bit in the process that for everybody that was put in front of the Arizona Cardinals, there was something about Jonathan Gannon that stood out. Okay, um, but but like you, if I were to, and I did make a list, and I talked about it practically every day on this show, of what I did not want, this pretty much is what I didn't want. A yeah. young, inexperienced guy who's more of a peer-to-peer coach and not somebody with a lot of experience and somebody with a lot of, of, of respect on his name that commands uh, an audience and captures your attention. But then again, I got to back up and say, who was left for the Cardinals to hire? They were the last in. They were shopping from the bargain racks. And and so uh, again, I don't know. I don't know how attractive this job was to other people. They certainly, um, they certainly were interviewing the right guys at the very beginning. And at the end of it all, we're going to see how this one happens to work. Yes. And, and and you hope you hope that they pick the right guy. From what has been reported since in the last couple of about the last week. Monty Asenfort, before he got to Arizona as the new general manager, 
had a list. And I think this is something that prospective GMs do. They go through the processes that they would go through as a general manager. He had a list of candidates that he wanted to interview as as head coaching candidates should he get a job. Jonathan Gannon was on that list, yet he was the last guy to the party in terms of interviews. I found this interesting as well. This uh, is from On the Field after the NFC Championship game on January 29th when the Eagles beat the San Francisco 49ers. Jonathan Gannon being interviewed by Fox 29 in Philadelphia said this. Uh, might be your last one here because you might get the call. Uh, no, Philly, Philly, <laughs> Philly's keeping me good, bad, or indifferent. I'm staying here. Two and a half weeks ago. Two and a yeah. I mean, that was yeah. Sunday was two weeks from the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So Which that means shows he was you, not on any radar screen at that point in time. Basically. Other than maybe a list that Monty Ford had, yeah, either written down be or too, in the right. back of his head. Exactly, exactly. And, and people might say, "All right, who cares? He's the last coach hired in the cycle." Look what happened with Bruce Arians. That was not typical what happened with Bruce Arians. The last coach in the cycle to come in and have the success that he had from day one. Uh, Bruce Arians also has worlds more experience as a head, as a coach in the NFL than Jonathan Gannon does. So the question now becomes, what happens when you hire this late in the process? What are you picking from? What is your candidate pool mm-hmm. for coordinators and a staff? Here's Mike Garofolo from NFL Network on that. He was an excellent defensive coordinator, and the Eagles are bummed that he is leaving. And really formulating a coaching staff really late in the process. Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon really needed to put some uh, guys together on their staff. And those guys were sitting there for a couple of weeks here like, yeah, can we can we get an answer? Because like, we've got other offers elsewhere. Now they're going to join Jonathan Gannon eventually when he puts his coaching staff together. Yeah, and I don't want to sit here and be accused of bashing this hire on day one, well, because uh, again, I'm, I'm in not, the middle. I, yeah, I don't want to have to qualify that every time we discuss yes. this. There are people there are people um, who don't want any who don't want any more negativity about this because the Cardinals have been such a negative story. The problem is is those people forget the negativity attached to the Cardinals is also reality. Okay, it's not an inventive state of mind that people are using to hate or troll on the football team. Mm-hmm. They are the ones responsible for their four and thirteen record and the dysfunction that has plagued them from last year's Super Bowl to this year's Super Fair. Bowl. That's on them, not us. Okay, now if you're one of the people who's tired of the negativity, that's fine. You can you can buy into this hook, line, and sinker. You can believe it's going to work. Have at it. Okay, I, I'm going to be a little skeptical because I I've been long enough around long enough to, to, to kind of see some stuff, and now you look at this and you go, okay, we're we're, we're dealing with a quarterback here now who is who, who who needs somebody to command his respect and his attention, and you're giving him a 40 year head coach who's hand slapping and hugging him very much like Coach Bro, and and the new head coach is rumored to want to bring in a 35 year old quarterback coach from Cleveland who has never called plays in his life, so this is all going to be amateur hour again. Now, it might work. It might work brilliantly, but that's reality. And if reality is too much for you, that's on you. Yeah. So let's not qualify okay. every time we talk about this hire as we're, uh, that way. Because we don't do need again. to do that. Won't do it again. But what I will say, what I like, yeah. what I've read, and what I've learned about Jonathan Gannon is that he is has been described as a dynamic leader of men. 
people, you know, in the television industry come in and say, hey, exactly. you, you meet with him in, in a production meeting and it just pops off the page that this guy's going to be a great head coach someday. And he may be. It might exactly. not be his first go round. No, no. And you're so right about that. So that's what makes a difference. So if Jonathan Gannon now has his press conference tomorrow and we're all grabbed by the throat, metaphorically speaking, if we're all grabbed by the throat, we'll go, okay, you know what? He might have all the inexperience in the world, but that leadership gene, gene is coming off him. Yes. That's what Cliff was missing. It wasn't Cliff didn't fail because he was young. Cliff failed because he wasn't a leader. And so, and everything that I hear about this guy yes. is exactly. And I made a ton of phone calls on this guy yesterday, not to pat myself on the back, but but this is I've heard the same thing. And if this guy has that, then he's got a really good chance at succeeding. And that's what we all want. We're all we're all in this together in terms of how we want this to work out. Nobody wants this to fail. We've had enough garbage from no, this football team. Absolutely, and it seems like very you know at first glance with this news breaking yesterday, and we probably knew it before it even came down. Jonathan Gannon's name and his reputation is a very divisive thing right now. There's a lot of people that are on the Gannon side of things. There's a lot of people, especially in Philadelphia right now, that are like, good, take him. We don't want him. Although this is a big blow for, for Philadelphia. Well, they don't really have much in terms of in-house candidates no, to step up. No, and, and listen, and so, and you know, I'm also good friends with some Eagles fans. They've told me, honestly, look, we've wanted him gone for two years, but we're out of our minds. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles wanted him back. The Eagles yes, wanted to keep him, yes, so did. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all open eyes, open minds for this to work. It's just not where I would have gone with this. Yeah, we'll have a lot more on the hiring of Jonathan Gannon as today's show goes on. You can text your thoughts, of course, to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Suns get a big win over the Sacramento Kings last night to stay undefeated against division foes. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley Murata mornings live from the Akshan Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Booker with five on the shot clock. Dribbling against Terrence Davis. Stops beyond the arc, then starts. Gets Davis off his feet. Puts up the jumper and drills it. Nothing but the bottom of the net for D-Book with 32 on the night for him. Suns back up nine. Can't put it in the words, man. You know, it's just all feeling. Looking forward to, you know, post-all-star break when we actually get the chance to, you know, compete with each other. And I've never got to do that besides the Olympics uh, with the Cavs, so, you know, it's exciting times over here. John Bloom on the call, two of Devin Booker's 32 points. And that was booked pregame yesterday talking about how exciting it is around Phoenix basketball right now. And the Suns went out and played a very solid ball game against a good basketball team in Sacramento. They win by 11, 120 to 109. And we can start with Devin Booker, mm-hmm. who's still on a minutes restriction. Um, and when he's right and a hundred percent, there's a very, very clear pattern to how he plays his minutes, and it's kind of scatter shot right now. It didn't affect him at all last night. You want to talk about efficient? Thirty-two points mm-hmm. on twenty shots. Didn't attempt a three-pointer, which I thought was very strange. It's only the second time in his career mm-hmm. that he scored 30 or more without shooting a three. He's only the third guard to do that all season this year in the NBA. But it was just kind of one of those nights where everything seemed to be working offensively for the Suns. They shot 57% in mm-hmm. this game. Uh, and because Sacramento was hitting from three-point range for a good portion of the game, it remained close. But Devin Booker was incredible. Chris yep. Paul looked like young Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton is on a different level right now. 
And, oh, by the way, we're one game away, basically. One Phoenix Suns Wait, game away okay, from seeing Kevin Durant. Oh, well, which is ex- obviously the, the, the banner story and everything. Yes, Not yes. that you're backing into the lead here, but that, that, that to me is, is the story of everything. That this is all happening with Kevin Durant on the bench. And, in fact, I think if you asked any Suns fan... What were, what was the most great visuals of last night? It wasn't Devin Booker and no. his efficient scoring. It wasn't Chris Paul and his 19 assists. It was the shots of Kevin Durant on the bench, yes. on the sideline. He's one of ours. That, I think, is what people are into right now. And, and how many standing ovations did he get last night? At least two. Okay, so I mean, this was uh, it was it was one of these. It it's just becoming real. You see videos of him working out at their at their gym, and it's and you're like, wow, this. I guess this is actually happening. And then you see him on the court in a game, and now it's really real. Yeah. And then when he gets out and plays, it's going to be surreal, real. It's one of the things that I was thinking about after the game. And that is in the aftermath of this trade. We talked about it a lot last week. It was talked about everywhere I went, basically, mm-hmm. from the trade happening until we got back to work on Monday. You know, how do you feel about the trade? And my, my feeling was, look, I, I'm excited and sad all at the same time. The Suns traded two really good guys and two really good players that were very popular with the fan base. And you always hear the saying, um, and, and I don't want to... I mean, there's a connection here, so I'm not Mm -hmm. making light of anything. But people grieve in different ways. And grieve all kinds of things. You can grieve the trade of a basketball player or two. It certainly happens. There was a lot of sadness around Phoenix. But last night, kind of those images of Kevin Durant on Mm -hmm. the Suns bench, wearing the Suns logo on the sweatpants, uh, and, and acknowledging the crowd and just being seen with his teammates... I think for a vast majority of Suns fans, that was the end of the grieving period. It was like, all right, this is, we're sad. Yeah, Let's move I forward right and, and, and kick some butt. I think you're right on the money. And I think the hard part from Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, it happens now. Yes. Um, it, it wasn't so much when they got traded because every, they felt the love. They felt everybody and how much they were going to be missed. When they suddenly aren't missed, and in fact, when, when they see these celebrations going on in Phoenix, that's when this is going to be hard on those two. But uh, I want to go back to something you said um, a couple seconds ago. DeAndre Ayton being on a different level right now. I want you to explain what you mean by that and what, what you think might be happening. Um, he's In the month of February, he's been a different guy. This is the first time in DeAndre Ayton's career, and I know we talk about this a lot. It's not always about statistics and, and production. But he's on a five-game streak of scoring 20 or more points. And you might think, oh, big deal. It's the first time he's ever done it. He's shooting 72% from the floor in seven games in February. He looks decisive. Mm -hmm. He looks confident. I know there was the one outlier game, which was weird, and the Suns got killed on the boards, and a lot of it had to do with DeAndre Ayton's lack of activity on the boards in that game. I think it was the Atlanta game when he had two rebounds. But other than that... So you, you don't think it's necessarily related to Kevin Durant? It might be. It might be. There's a... I mean, Devin Booker... 
who is a superstar in the NBA and still rising on that scale. Mm-hmm. He talked about playing in front of KD last night. Yeah, I mean, I was watching him more than anything. You know, I don't think people realize what it is until until you're in it. And, you know, I think he got two standing ovations. Um, and it's not going to be the last one. So, you know, he, he deserves that. He's a legend in this game. First ballot Hall of Famer. Everything all the way down the list. MVP. And, you know, I'm glad he's here. You know, hopefully he can call this home one day and, you know, rock out here the rest of the time. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton on playing with KD. I'm really speechless, to be honest. We got KD. Ain't that something? That's what I ask myself all the time. Only thing I can do is possibly just make sure I'm ready to play. Because he's going to come ready to play and do what he got to do every night. So, me just making sure I'm an anchor on this team and, you know, just doing the right thing, doing the right things to contribute to a win. I, I think. Oh, yeah, most deaf. You know, I ain't really telling the stories yet. You know, I'm still trying to keep the player. But, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, you're going to have to find that some other way, but I ain't going to tell them off rip. You know what I mean? But, other than that, I'm super excited, man. Um, you know, it's still unbelievable just, you know, coming in practice and you see the same seven-footer, you know, it's KD. But everything's falling into place and, you know, we're making them, making them family, man. He's, um, you know, it's, it's coming slowly for surely, for sure. All right, uh, I I think two things about this. Number one, I, I the Suns have had a very ragged season up until the arrival of Kevin Durant, and I think there's a team wide feeling like, hey, we better get our stuff stuff together because now this guy is expecting a standard from us. He's uh-huh. expecting us to be like we were last summer when he wanted to join us. So I think there's a pressure that I think you're in an urgency from Chris Paul and Devin Booker and everybody to kind of. To, to kind of hold up whatever that standard is that that KD might be expecting of them. The other thing about about DA is I do think that the KD presence has probably got his attention a yes. little bit. But somebody pointed out to me, and I think this is a very good point, whether it's true or not, I think it's a very good point, that as much as we love the goofiness of Mikhail Bridges and the youthful uh, exuberance of the Twins, the, that might have been too enabling for the goofiness of DeAndre Ayton. And now that a big chunk of the happy goofiness has been lifted up and airlifted out of here in replace for somebody like Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton doesn't have as many places to go with his goofiness. And that might True. be a good thing. But I just look at it, and I'm not saying that even before the trade, the Suns did not have great veterans for DeAndre Ayton to look to and take examples from. They they certainly had that, but adding Kevin Durant is even a different level of that because of the resume. 13-time All-Star, two championships, two finals MVPs. It's like you know, considered one of the top 12 or 15 players of all time. Right. And something that you hit on. And I'm not saying this is necessarily what it's how it's got to be, but he goes about his business with a focus that just doesn't exist with a lot of athletes. Mm-hmm. He's almost sullen about it, right? Well, and and again, I think that uh, there's just not DA's peer group where he could go with a lot of that stuff. It, it's gone, yeah. And and it's it's like it's like picking up Jared and dropping him off in the BBC, the British Broadcasting Company, and. Now you'd have to I'd wear a Burberry right tie, and oh yeah, you'd fit right in. Yeah, right. It it might sharpen you up. You you couldn't be as goofy as you normally are, right? You couldn't be eating pears and breaks. And here's a better example: putting Jarrett on NPR. Okay, that's even better. That's better. That's that's I like that better. Putting him on NPR, not the BBC. Hi there, welcome. This is the uh, sports club. <laughs> <laughs> 
who did? Got some uh, jazz Guess music for you after is. this. And then, uh, yeah. The right. Cardinals have hired Jonathan Boom Boom Gannon as their head coach. Uh, where did the boom boom it's, part come it's from? It's 43 after the hour. Oh, so I had to fill in for you on updates yesterday. Yeah. And I usually you by didn't the, know that, Jared. Did you nickname him? By the third or fourth update, I usually get bored with doing them. Yeah. And then I just Thanks. kind of lose... Uh, no, you're much more professional. I, I, I really appreciate that's, you. That, that's not when a you're compliment, gone. by the way, Sarah. You're much more professional about it than Jared is. Right. Low bar. As Thank to you. say, mm-hmm. you have one shred of professionalism. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you called him Jonathan Boom Boom Gannon in one of your updates. Yeah. It sounds pretty good, Fun. right? Because it's almost like Gannon, Cannon. Gannon. The Gannon Ball. Uh, it doesn't resonate with me, but you can run with it, Jared. <laughs> okay. Have fun with it. Cannonball! <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, you can text your thoughts. Cannonball coming. <laughs> it's the second time this week we referenced that very scene. That very scene, You can yeah. text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, he's not in the darkness yet, and he wants everybody to know it. Don't believe those reports. Aaron Rodgers is fed up, and we'll tell you more about it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The local sports leader. Bickley, Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. Can we count on talking to you next year on Tuesdays on your off day when you're playing for the Packers? Listen, I would love to, uh, to continue uh, with it. It's a lot of fun for me. Regardless of what uh, what I decide to do, I would love to uh, continue to talk to you guys in some capacity. But uh, we'll kind of meet that bridge when we uh, when we get there. Hell yeah, that's a great way to get out of not answering that. Remember, Colts got a new offensive-minded uh, head coach. Whenever we go into the darkness, the Jets uh, mm-hmm. already looking in. Obviously, when we go into the darkness, Raiders obviously looking in. But Green Bay, hey. Home sweet home. 18 years, man. It's a long time. That's always going to be home. That is Aaron Rodgers on his uh, weekly interview with the Pat McAfee Show. Jarrett, apologies to you. It came up yesterday, and you brought up the fact that he was not in his darkness retreat yet, and we believed all those BS reports that were out there. So shame on us. You were the one to cut through all of that crap and see the truth about Aaron Rodgers. It's like your kindred spirit. Well, I just I knew he was going to be on McAfee yesterday, so I, he couldn't have done that. It would have been very funny if he zoomed in and it was just a pitch black screen, <laughs> but I, I knew it had, couldn't have started yet. <laughs> that would have been funny. Uh, but they're trying to get to it. Um, so one thing we know, we don't know where Aaron Rodgers is going to play or if he's going to play next year, but mm-hmm. it sounds like he's going to be a weekly Tuesday guest of the Pat McAfee Show. <laughs> now, about those reports about this darkness retreat, yeah, uh, Rodgers did not hold his tongue there. He spoke freely on it uh, and pointing at the two foremost NFL insiders, Adam Schefter from ESPN, Ian Rappaport. Uh, from NFL Network, and I believe it was Rappaport who put it out there that said he was going into his darkness retreat. I can't even believe I'm saying these words uh, on Monday, but here was Aaron Rodgers to Pat McAfee on that. I have no problem with Ian Rappaport, Schefter. I think they're really good at their jobs. When it comes to me, they don't know shit. They really don't. They don't have. They don't have inner source. They don't have people in my inner circle who are sources. I can promise you that. And anybody who would talk to them is not in my inner circle. It's that simple. So I've had this planned on the books for four months for the same time. And when someone like that goes on and says something that's not true, it creates a story that's bullshit. 
and it just keeps on going and going and going. And then it's like I'm trying to insert myself into this conversation. So we know he's going on this. It's been on the books. They got the yeah. timing wrong. They got the reporting of it wrong. Sure, that's something wrong. But is, is Aaron Rodgers making too big a deal of this? Of course he is. He makes too big a deal of everything. Of of course he is. I'm, I mean, again, and, and just the, the, the media indulgence of this story for people who are allegedly sick of Aaron Rodgers, we're doing a lot of indulging here. Yes, it, it it feels like a cat chasing its tail or a dog chasing its tail here. It, I mean, yeah, I've, I've thought about that too, but it's just so I, out of the ordinary of anything we've ever discussed with a star athlete before. The stuff that he puts out there on his journey, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's part intriguing, it's part head shaking. Like, what is this all about? But he's the one that put that out there. Well, it just it seems it, it seems just incredibly self aware to be to be to, to be at the level he is at and yet still searching so publicly mm-hmm. for something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's it, it, I have a hard time reconciling the 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 indignation of Aaron Rodgers and the way he's scolding other people who are questioning his very method of questioning, yeah. if you will. So if he's really seeking clarity, renewal, a different level of spirituality, uh, again, why why would why would he think that for a millionaire athlete, quarterback in the NFL, we wouldn't think that was odd? A little bit off. And again, and and there's been a lot of things that he does for attention and it just it, – you knew this was coming. That's the whole thing. You knew there was going to be something from Aaron Rodgers that was going to consume us this offseason. Yes. And nobody in their wildest dreams thought it was going to be something as well, this crazy is, as this. This is just step one. Mm-hmm. This is the, the the introduction to what's coming for the rest of the offseason. Right. When he gets out of this retreat, whenever that happens, then the focus will again turn to – is it going to be the Jets? Is it going to be the Raiders? Is it going to be the Packers? Is he going to retire and ride off into the sunset? Um, it, it he very much manipulates the message. Every it's seemingly every off season for about the last four years, mm-hmm. he dom- mm-hmm. he dominates the off. That's what I'm saying. He he is perfect for the New York Jets for the pathos of that organization. Well, the report- for the tabloids in New York City, he is per- let them. Tear each other to shreds. Now, notice he didn't mention the name Peter King there, as Peter King had a snippet in Football Morning in America, a quote from a source that said, hey, there's a lot of teams around the league that think Aaron Rodgers is more trouble than he's worth, and I'm paraphrasing. Mm. wonder if Peter King's got somebody in the inner circle there. Uh, and I, I, I tend to think, you know, when the, when the age is where it's at now, and the production fell off. The production for, for Aaron Rodgers and performance was noticeably different for the first time mm. this past year. And when you put all those things mm-hmm. into a mix, I'm not saying they there lost. won't be teams interested. Uh, I just think there will be less teams interested. That, and that's really the question. Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback who lost a home game to the Lions with a playoff worth on the line. Yes. Why, why should we find him so interesting? Yeah. <laughs> Right, but let's go to our uh, Aaron Rodgers insider, is... Jarrett Carlin. When is he entering the darkness chamber? So, on that on the show, he said it's the end of this week. Okay. Whether that's Friday or Saturday, but it will. It's not going to be till the end of this week. Well, and why, it's been planned for four months. Why didn't he say it? I mean, if it's been planned for four months and it's on the books, he wants to be mysterious. I mean, what is check? What is check in time at the darkness hotel? <laughs> I like that. I know? like that. We're sorry, Mr. Rogers. Your room's not ready. 
And again, listen, it's and and I think most introspective people who are honest with themselves about their flaws and their strengths and all that, you you don't need four days in complete darkness to kind of approach the heavy questions in your life. Mm -hmm. You don't need that. Unless you got some real heavy questions. Yeah. Or, or unless you're just sort of living a superficial existence, ninety nine percent of the time, I, I, I think that. Why'd you look at me when you? No, said that? no, no, I didn't look at you at all. <laughs> I'm just joking. I, I, I think. Listen, we got a lot. I, I received a lot of response to what we talked about relating to Joe Montana mm. and people getting older and losing their sense of worth in the world. Yeah. I think we're watching this with Aaron Rodgers. I really do. Yeah. I think he's looking, and he, Tom Brady's gone. It's no longer he and Brady. It's Joe Burrow. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? And and it's like, hey, what about me? Yeah. I think he's a prime candidate for that type of He is the ultimate, hey, what about me guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Uh, Coming up next, Suns get a win over the Kings and a different energy in the building last night. We'll focus on that energy in Vinny's view next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.